Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy, Mike Kegley. And uh, today we have a treat. We are going to preview the Illinois-Minnesota Golden Gophers game that is coming up this Saturday at 11 a.m. And it is a homecoming game for the Fighting Illini. And we have on Kane Robb. Now, you may be familiar with him as he is the host of Locked on Golden Gophers. And he covers the Golden Gophers up in Minnesota. Kane, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. And I've been getting some Illinois fans in the comments on our videos. And I always love kind of chopping it up and talking there as well. So I'm excited to do this. Yeah, Illinois fans are uh, very vocal on Twitter. <laughs> and there is a percentage who are very quick to uh, uh, get get a little chippy. So <laughs> we hope we hope nobody says anything too bad. But um, uh, every fan base has it. So I understand. <laughs> good, good. Well, I, I tell you what, last year, Illinois really kind of shocked the Gophers with that 14 to six win on on and spoiling the, the Minnesota homecoming. I have the feeling that P.J. Fleck has his own revenge tour that he wants to do uh, this Saturday against the Illini. Well, how's coach been uh, focused on this game? You know, I think one thing that I've noticed through any presser I've been in with coach PJ Fleck is that it's always a one week mentality, even if maybe deep down inside he's looking further long term or anything like that. Anything he'll give you is it is they're solely focused on the going one and oh in the Illinois championship weekend, as it would be this weekend. Last week, it was one and oh in the Purdue championship weekend. So he's always focused on the immediate task at hand. Now, of course, they're going to look at the tape from last year, see how they can correct themselves. But this is a new team, a different team, especially on the offensive side of ball. So I think that there will be adjustments made. And I think the same can be said for Illinois. This team is different. Like, you had some success last year. You caught us by surprise last year. But at the same time, this team is a lot better. This team's defense looks a lot stronger than what was on the field last year. And so I think it's going to be a good one. And I think Coach Fleck is definitely prepared for that. And he had really sang the praises of Coach Bielema as well. Yeah, it's 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 very clear that the two coaches, if they don't respect one another, they at least project a, uh, um, a, a healthy um, you know, uh, and, and, uh, you know, well, well-oiled, uh, comments back and forth so that they don't try to grease the wheels at all for, <laughs> for having a, you know, giving anything to, to fire up the other team. Yeah. No so, bullets and board material or anything yeah, like that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, you know, um, Mo Ibrahim is, is one of the best backs in the big 10, obviously Minnesota fans feel he's the best back. Illinois fans feel it's Chase Brown. Tell me a little bit about him and what do you think his status is for the game this week? Well, it does sound like it's all systems go for Mo. I know he was close to playing in that Purdue game. Coach Flex said if he had maybe a couple more days, he would have been out there. He practiced in a limited fashion during that Purdue week the whole time. So now we've had an extra bye week and we have this week as we prep for Illinois. So I do think he'll be on the field. It does sound like he'll be on the field as far as Monday's presser. PJ sounded like he will start. So I don't think that's in question now. PJ usually holds most injury information like it is the top government secrets that you could possibly find. So I think he's being honest with us this time around, but 
Overall, Mo is definitely a back that just fights through contact. It really impresses me how he's always falling forward, how he's always getting the extra two, three yards. And I think that's something that you've seen with Chase Brown as well. I was looking at kind of the numbers between the two, and both of them are really good at gaining yards after contact. Especially on a per-game basis, Mo is the best in the Big Ten when it comes to yards after contact. So that's the biggest thing is he just doesn't go down. I don't think... He's a back that you have to worry about maybe popping off a 70-yard touchdown or anything like that, but he'll chunk away at you all day, and his vision is really good. So that's the biggest thing with strengths for Mo is that and his leadership. And he's also running behind a pretty good offensive line that P.J. Fleck really has kind of turned around what Minnesota's known for with some of his line play, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, the O-line has been impressive. The last two, three years, the O-line was – the number one unit in my eyes, as far as one of the best units across the country. Now we did lose four starters heading into this year, but we brought in a transfer from Michigan, a transfer from Notre Dame. And then we have our center who is back, who has played the past four years with us as well. And then a really talented left tackle who has been impressive so far. I believe this is his true sophomore year, or it might be a red shirt sophomore year, but the line has been holding up overall. They always have one game where they just somehow forget what they're supposed to be doing, just get annihilated by a team. And I'm, we saw that last week with Purdue. I'm hoping that, again, that was a one-game thing because I believe Illinois' defense is a lot better than what we saw from Purdue. So they're going to have to show that they are truly a good offensive line this week. What do you think happened? You know, because I, I have to admit, we uh, uh, at Illini Guys Sports Spectacular, we do what a lot of people do the the host of our radio program you know we predict winners Uh, we do that on our big sports radio show as well and everybody picked uh, Minnesota over Purdue and and we all got knocked down on that one any thoughts (laughs) on what caused that because most people kind of gave the Gophers a W was that what the Gophers did too You know, even before the season started, I had done my predictions and I put it out there. I said, I think we're going to go into East Lansing and win. And I think that we could possibly lose to Purdue just coming off of a high, coming off of a big victory and really not being in the right mindset. And it seemed like that's how they came out, especially on the offensive side of ball. It seemed like it just wasn't all clicking. And it also didn't help that Mo Ibrahim was out of the game. And it seemed to be more of a last second decision as well. So it just seemed to take kind of the, the wind out of our sails. And then you start off with uh, a penalty, a defensive pass interference, which gives up a touchdown. You miss a field goal. You have a touchdown dropped in the end zone. And then it's not only a drop, but tipped into the interception for the defense on Purdue's side. All of those things in conglomeration, just self-inflicted wounds really hurt this Gophers team last week. And the thing is that they were in it and still had a chance to win or go down and score to win with like four minutes left in the game. So the fact that they were still in it after all of those errors, after all of those things that you should not be in a game, not even close, that was a positive to see, but definitely caught us by surprise as well as fans of the Gophers. Now, um, Tanner Morgan, you know, at quarterback um seems like he's a little bit of a underrated guy what can you tell us about what the line fans need to know about him honestly a lot of people say tanner morgan is just a game manager i think he's a step above that i think he has 
some traits that are really good for a quarterback to have. One of those is his anticipatory throws and being able to throw someone open. And you see glimpses of it. And then sometimes you see maybe instances where he's off cue with the receiver. And that's where we run into maybe some turnover issues and things of that nature. But it seems like now that he's back in this Kirk Shiraka system, He's thriving again. He's making the right plays and he's more of a player that is an efficient player. So his numbers might not pop off the page at you. You might not be like, oh, he's a 4,000 yard passer, 3,000 yard passer even. But if you go and look at PFF's grading system for players, he's number one in the nation when it comes to QB grades in the PFF scoring system, just because he's very efficient and he he makes the right play and the smart play less turnover worthy plays. So that's what you're getting with him. Maybe not a lot of high upside reward, but not a lot of risk either. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's interesting to me is you can really tell certain quarterbacks struggle immensely under a pass rush mm-hmm. and um, the Illini so far now they, they have, you know, you're going to go up against an offensive line. That's very accomplished. Uh, this this Saturday, but Illini have done a very good job <clears throat> of putting pressure on the quarterbacks and and really causing mistakes due due to the pass rush. Uh, how does he how does he do under fire like that? You know, for the most part, I feel like he usually handles himself well because I feel like the offensive scheme usually has a checkdown that is within his line of sight where the play is moving anyway at least in this system in 2019 we saw that and this year we saw it now last year in 2020 in coach Sanford's system there weren't those those eyesight checkdowns the things that naturally move with the play and that's where you saw a lot of panic a lot of franticness and just like the hesitancy and I feel like in this system it's been a lot better now that that pressure getting to him still can be an issue and we saw that in Purdue that when the O-line decided to crumble in this game for us. There were moments where we had players wide open that looked like it'd be a home run touchdown. And there was just no way to get the ball, even looking in that direction. So the pressure can be something that can get to him, but typically he's got a cool head about him and is able to at least find the check down or get it out of bounds. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's good. Cause again, the Illini defense has really, everything seems to flow around getting the pass rush. And, and I guess the other part is, is, stopping the run and then you know you can you can rush the passer with uh Ibrahim I think that's going to be a very unique challenge to try to try to lock him down um if you were looking you know from an Illini fan standpoint of view uh looking at a looking at a film from uh, a few years back then uh would be a better thing than looking at last year for what the team is looking like and what they're running um, as far as the, the Gophers, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. If, if somebody wants to see what the Gophers offense is going to, you know, if they want yeah, to look I back. I think if you, if you want to look back at some film and see what this current Gophers team is doing, 2019 would be the better look because okay. it's the same offensive coordinator. That being said, Kirk Shiraka is pretty good about, you know, changing little things within the system to cater to his players, but also um, adding ab- adaptations to things that, will work against different teams. So he's really interesting in that fact. And I think even you saw bits of it when he went to Penn State and when he was working with West Virginia as well. He's good at making little additions and little manipulations off of plays to 
help set themselves up for success that maybe a team is planning for these type of looks. And then all of a sudden they get caught off guard in that same look with a different route concept, a different. So, but 2019 would be the tape you would want to look at as far as getting some sort of feel for the offensive system. Yeah. Cause people, I know a lot of fans like to look at that game last year and feel good about it, but that might lead you to some assumptions that, that, that wouldn't be good as, as an ally from an Illini fan. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say don't look too much at last year just because the coach that had that offensive system for us last year is now the interim head coach at Colorado. And we all know Colorado is not doing too hot right now, especially on the <laughs> offensive side of ball. So hopefully there'll be some improvements in this year's matchup. Okay, perfect. Well, we, we don't want them. We're, we're, <laughs> we were totally content with last year's matchup. We're good. You know, after, after nine to six, we're totally good with a blowout like 14 to six. Yeah, <laughs> we could live with that. Um, receiving the ball. So, so when, you know, um, Morgan drops back to pass, who's his most reliable receiver? Who's he most comfortable looking for? His most reliable and most comfortable receiver is Chris Ottman Bell, who went down with a season ending injury uh, this year in week three against the Colorado Buffs. And so since then, it has really been a conglomerate of receivers in the Michigan state game that followed that injury. He passed to 10 different pass catchers in that game, passing for nearly 300 yards. And then even last game, it wasn't as successful passing to multiple guys, but you did see looks to probably six or seven different guys. Now the guy that has been standing out in these past two games, as far as production wise, and it looks like that trust is really building is Daniel Jackson. Uh, he is a junior on the team. He came back from injury versus Michigan State, and he put up two touchdowns in 43 yards. And then last week, he had 110 yards on six receptions and really was the only thing that was looking positive for the offense last week. So Daniel Jackson and then our tight end Brevin Spanford would be the other guy to really look for and keep an eye on. He's a mismatch for most uh, linebackers and most safeties that are line up against him at six foot seven, 270 pounds, but he's got hands. He's been a lot more improved in the run blocking this year. And actually he's the second highest graded tight end in the nation, according to PFF right now as well. So those two guys are the guys that are the most heavily involved in the passing game right now. So it's pretty much Tom Brady to Gronkowski. The, the, the Minnesota. <laughs> we, the Gophers fans would like to see more of that. I feel like every week we're like, why don't we pass him the ball more? But for some reason, it just doesn't happen. So hopefully, as we continue to move, hopefully the Illini game sets it off for us. Hopefully you guys let us get Brevin Spanford the ball over and over again, and we can make that connection happen. Yeah, these this that I don't like that. I don't like that uh, theory <laughs> at all. Um so when we when we flip the the I guess before we go over to the defensive side of the ball. How are the special teams for uh, Minnesota? Because that's one of the things that people really don't think about much. You know, going into the to the game against Iowa, I think myself and and everybody else would have given Iowa the advantage on special teams, at least with the kickers. You know, both the kicker and the punter were mm -hmm. were probably more accomplished than what Illinois is uh, putting out there, particularly with Caleb Griffin uh, being hurt. Um, Illinois obviously, you know, had two, I had a kicker and a punter, you know, that were highly regarded and McCourtson is, is now, you know, in the NFL 
Um, Blake Hayes is somebody who's got an opportunity to get into the NFL at punter. And, and, and so the, the people, the, you know, Hugh Robertson outperformed Iowa's punter, which surprised everybody, but put, you know, four of his six punts inside, you know, knocked them out inside of the 20. Um, obviously, uh, Pinton, the, the backup kicker went three for three and that was the difference in the game. Um, what can we expect from, from looking at the special teams of the Gophers? Yeah, I would say the Minnesota special teams are very disciplined. I would say the biggest thing is you're never going to see, you're probably never, I won't say never, because sometimes there's always that one thing, I'll say it, and then all of a sudden it'll happen. But right. you're probably never going to see us ever try to return a kickoff return. We'll just take the touchback each and every time. Um, just for field position's sake. And it's always something that PJ Fleck has really stood by. And then typically he's trying to boot that ball out of the end zone as well. So the kickoff return and kickoff game, you probably won't see too much, at least if everything goes according to plan. When it comes to punting and punt return, uh, our punter has been pretty consistent. I don't, I don't think he has the most massive leg, but he also has been pretty good with placement and getting us out of some bad positions. Um, I think the punt team has been on the verge of some big things in the Purdue game. We saw two different times where we were almost able to not only put the ball in the position where we can have it hit another player on that returning team, um, but then get the ball for ourselves. There were two different plays where it was like minuscule. It barely touched the gopher trying to go and defend the punt. And then it got muffed by the returner and then we got it, but it was like, we made contact first. So they throw the flag and then it's, it's done from there. So it feels like we're on the verge of some, something big happening, but it hasn't quite clicked yet. But I would say overall, they're a pretty disciplined team and try not to make any mistakes when it comes to special teams. Now, as good as Minnesota's offense uh, is, the defense has really put up some impressive numbers this year. Um, you know who are the who are the key leaders on this defense uh, that that makes them because in in terms of points scored a variety of of rankings they're they're very uh, accomplished. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, this Gophers defense has been super impressive. I mean, they are the number one defense in total defense this season in the nation right now, and we love to see it as Gopher fans. The biggest names that stand out are in the secondary. And then the middle linebacker. So the middle linebacker is Mariano Sorimarin. He's the captain of that defense. He's the biggest communicator on the field when it comes to addressing different uh, schemes, when it comes to making adjustments on that back end. He's the guy that's really getting everybody in place and quickly. He has a very quick read on the field and is able to recognize coverage pretty well. So uh, he's been really big for us. And then the secondary has been the number one thing for us. Uh, our two outside corners, Justin Wally and Terrell Smith, are lockdown guys. Terrell Smith has been one of the highest graded cornerbacks in the conference, in the in the nation, and he did have an injury in the last game. I do think he's going to be able to play in this one, but there were moments where he was coming off the field and Beanie Bishop was stepping in for him. But that safety pairing in the back, that is the leadership and the consistency that really keeps this thing going. Tyler Newbin and Jordan Howden, they somehow always come up with the big play at the right moment. In that Purdue game, it felt like Purdue was driving or getting some momentum. And then 
We had a Jordan Howden interception. Then I believe the next drive, we had a Tyler Newbin inter- or forced fumble. And then like a couple drives later, Tyler Newbin had an interception and he also dropped an interception later in the game. So he almost had two interceptions and a forced fumble. They seem to be all over the field. They're good in the run stopping. They're good in the pass game. So those safeties are the real, the real big deal for the Gophers defense. How do they do in play action? In play action, I feel like they're they're well-versed in it. That is one thing that the Gophers' offense uses a lot of is play action in the RPO game. So they've seen a ton of it. And so they're they're pretty good at recognizing and, again, addressing where they need to be and getting people in the right spot, even if it looks like the, the play is setting up for a play action as far as what they've seen on the film and everything like that trying to get that addressed across the entire defense so they are preparing for what could possibly be coming. Yeah, and I'm looking here, Mariano Sorimar, and, uh, six foot three, two 245, and he hails from Mokina, Illinois. So <laughs> there's one that got away, you know. Yeah. Obviously pre-Brett Bielma, um, mm-hmm. but, but boy, you hate to see somebody from uh, Illinois, just like you, you know, Minnesota, you don't like them to go away and help Wisconsin. Um, I definitely think there's some guys in the wings too that, I mean, Tyler Newbin is also from Illinois, I believe uh, that safety that I brought up. And then our quarterback behind Tanner Morgan, who looks to be the future, Ethan Kaliak Manis is also from Illinois. I can't remember exactly where from, but some of our guys up and coming and some of those key players do seem to come from Illinois and we enjoy it. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tyler Newbin, St. Charles. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a bummer. That's good. Um, so when when you're looking at what obviously um, Minnesota is a seven point favorite here, the over under is like thirty nine and a half, which I mm-hmm. think is low. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I I think we can go lower than that. I think it's actually you know I, I don't see any way there's going to be thirty nine points scored. <laughs> um, but what are you, what are you looking? How are you looking to, for this game to go come uh, Saturday at eleven? Honestly, the biggest thing prior to it. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with your quarterback, Tommy DeVito. Um, I just want to know, is he going to be out there or not? Cause I feel like that could, that could shift a little bit. And I feel like that's the only reason that that gap in seven points is what it is, is because of the unknown or is he going to play or not? Um, but what I am expecting in this game, honestly, is similar to maybe what you saw from the Iowa game, a lot of scrappy defense, a lot of, running the ball. And I think it's going to be a grinded out event. I think it's going to be down to the wire. And I think it's going to be a lot of ground and pound play action, trying to scheme something open, trying to get an explosive play here and there. But I think it's going to be a dogfight. I mean, you have two top 10 defenses in the country playing against each other, and it's going to be hard to not have it be a wire to wire game. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, DeVito, his status, you know, Coach B is not going to let anybody know what that is. You know, he he dressed Josh McCray and had Josh warm up against Iowa, and then he didn't play the backup 240-pound uh, tailback. Who really, we'd love to have him spelling uh, Chase Brown to keep Chase, you know, under 30 carries a game right. if possible. Um, and and it was, I think it was a little bit of gamesmanship. Now, Coach B will just – you know, oh, well, we wanted to see if he could play and just leave it at that. You know, he's 
he's a lot like the the pro wrestler, you know, that that uh, breaks the rules but won't admit that he breaks. So <laughs> so Coach B is going to go. Ah, that's, I was just doing what I was supposed to do. Um, but it, you know, so if I had to bet, you know, um, I it would seem like the smart play is to try your best to, you know, Sikowski's not a great quarterback, but as a number two, he's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, give him some reps this week and see if there's any way you can give Tommy this week and next week off very similar to maybe, you know, a little bit of the strategy that, that PJ Fleck was trying to get last week with, um, you know, with Mo. Mo. yeah. Yeah. Was, and, and I, I, you know, cause we're, we're running into the, they're running into the bye week next week or next week. So it would give them a little bit of a, a respite. Um, but I'm, I'm not certain that this, um, Illini team it'll be a it, I, there's a pathway to beating Minnesota without Tommy but the the um, room for error is extremely small right you can't you, have you, those self-inflicted wounds that we saw over at Purdue you have to capitalize on every yes. moment yes and I, I I do think this game you know as boring as it sounds to fans this game I think the team a couple things. One is the team with the least amount of turnovers is going to have a better than average shot of winning. Mm-hmm. And I think the other part is, is the defense that keeps the other team bottled up and wins the field position war that may end up in a field goal or two difference. And that may mm-hmm. be what decides the game. And I know that doesn't sound Fans don't want to hear that, <laughs> but the fact is, is that if, if for example, if, if the Illini get the, you know, if they pin the Gophers down, you know, inside the 20 yard line with a punt, if you can get them to punt the ball so that you have a 25 yard drive that can get you into field goal position, that's a huge deal. Right. And, and, and conversely, you know, if either team gets pinned down inside the 10 and they punt the ball from their own 35, that flips the the field position game, and that may be what gets them a field goal, you know, later on. And I, I think it's going to come – I think it's going to be a very close game. For sure. I do too. I mean, I don't think that's what fans want to hear. Fans want to hear both running backs are going for 200 yards apiece, and it comes down to the wire. <laughs> like, they just want action. But I think that if you're a fan of just – the purity of football, I think it's really going to come down to special teams, defense, and like you said, who can win the turnover margin. Yeah, I think – I think, and I also expect each – I think both these running backs um, have such a reputation for going until the whistle blows mm-hmm. that I wouldn't be surprised to see both of them over 100 yards just because they're going to – you know, a guy's going to hit them hard and slide off and they're going to get another five yards that right. most other running backs just, it wouldn't, they wouldn't, you know, have to worry about that. Right. Um, and so I think they may be on paper look a little more successful where I think, I think this may be another one of those games that I actually think, you know, that if, if one team gets to 17, that may be too much for the other team to get to. For also, sure. We'll see. You got any predictions for us? You know, I haven't really thought too deep on the prediction front yet. I usually end up doing that about this time, but I just I haven't got one. I feel like it's going to be a low scoring affair. 17 would be high. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like 14, 10. 
fourteen right. ten would be like a. I would expect something like that, but. Yep. Yeah, and I and I use seventeen is like if either team can get to that level, right? I think it's game over because it's I, probably I mean, enough to get a win. Yeah. Well, we were we were actually up in the press box uh, against Iowa saying, you know, if we can get to thirteen. <laughs> it was like well maybe 13 maybe less and it turned out that way but i don't know that either team can depend on their defense to hold the other just down to six points either that's a that's a pretty tough thing right. to do and i i gotta be honest with you iowa had some nice athletes but boy um the quarterback position just he has he has not developed over time and yeah. and as much as i don't want to pile on Baron's son Brian but um you know the quarterback coach is supposed to develop his players and that really was what was holding Iowa back they they literally he literally locks on to the primary receiver and right I'm surprised that they even had either tried to figure something out for him or moved on you know see the next guy up or a younger guy up to hopefully give a spark but their defense and special teams are all right there but that offense just can't get it done yeah the defense I will tell you that defense um was was really good um they hit hard pursued well very few broken tackles um you know you 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 can understand the Iowa fan frustration of in their mind and I'm using air quotes you know wasting a a great defense with this offense right But, but as we know that's you know when you're not Ohio State, you, don't necessarily, <laughs> you can't necessarily be stacked in every position every year. Right, right. I totally get that. So if um, if Illini fans were wanting to find your podcast and listen and get an idea of what's going on with Minnesota preparing, you know, up for the game, how would they do that? Yeah, you can find us on anywhere that you stream podcasts. Just find us at Locked On Golden Gophers. Otherwise, we have a YouTube channel. We got that kicked off in May, I believe. And so we're really trying to get a lot of subscribers over there and have the video portion. As we approach, I'm trying to kind of right now my office is in a mess, but I'm hopefully going to get the camera over here and in front of me and get the jerseys up behind. So the YouTube is my preferred method, and hopefully you'll like it as well. You can find us at Lockdown Golden Gophers and subscribe there. And I'm on t- Twitter as well, at LO Golden Gophers. Perfect, perfect. So, um, Kane, Rob, it's been great to talk to you. Appreciate you coming on and kind of sharing with Illini fans what they have to look for this weekend. I think I can basically tell everybody um, – you know, that that this game is going to be a slugfest. Mm. The personalities of these two coaches is to not give up an inch without a fight. And I think we have two talented teams with some limitations. Right. Um, and, and I think it will be a heck of a battle in Champaign. Any final words, sir? No, let's hope for a great game. Hopefully Gophers win. I know you don't want to hear that, but overall, I'm hoping for a great game. Uh, Congratulations on getting ranked Illini fans, getting officially that 24 ranking, and I look forward to it. Yeah, this would be a great game, and I hope hope we can hold on to that ranking (laughs) longer than the Gophers did. But, you know, that, that Purdue team actually scares me. Um, that that passing attack now they're the only ones who really have anything like it in the Big Ten, and um, that's hard for a lot of the teams to even replicate in practice. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm 
you know, I get, but I'm a, I'm an a lot I'm an old Illini fan, so I can find reasons to be paranoid about anybody that the Illini <laughs> play. Well, thank yeah, no, you so much, sir. We greatly appreciate it. Yep, absolutely, no problem. And of course, when you are looking at the Eye on the Illini, or you're listening to the Eye on the Illini, remember it is powered by IlliniGuys.com. Whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across the country, or halfway across the world, IlliniGuys.com keeps you in the know. Only $99 a year, you get access to all the articles, everything, all the recruiting articles, uh, stuff that's behind the paywall, and you also get, and this is really important, folks, we have what we call our forums or our message boards. You go back there, and that's where we can put rumors, innuendos, things that people don't want to be sourced on, but we can tell you the rumor is blankety blank blank. And there are things that you couldn't put a newspaper or you couldn't put an article out because you don't have somebody who's willing to be quoted. Uh, but what makes it even cooler is, is if you want to talk to and ask a question of Brad Sturdy, basically the Uber insider for Illinois sports, you can actually put a message out there for Brad and ask him a question. Did, you know, did you mean this? Did you mean that? Um, who's the next person the basketball team is going to recruit? Those type of questions. And he can respond to you. Same thing you can do with Matt Stevens. Kedrick Prince, Larry Smith, or even myself, if you want to know what the best pizza is. So there's a lot of things you can do there. We'd encourage you to go ahead and subscribe, especially with the football team really doing well and the basketball team's going to have an excellent season. You really want to be ready to go and getting all your information. Please, we also have a couple other podcasts. We have Ked's Recruiting Roundup. Kedrick talks to players, coaches, and families of people being recruited. You get kind of the other side of the story, not what it's like, you know, from the side of the university trying to figure out who they're going to recruit, but from a player trying to figure out how do I go to school A or do I go to school B? It's a fascinating to listen to that. We also have, of course, the flagship Sturdy for 30, which is Brad Sturdy's award-winning podcast. You can get that as well. He has on fantastic guests. And because he's got the relationships, uh, they have fantastic conversations. And the other thing that makes Illini guys so much different is we have two radio shows. Not one radio show, but two radio shows. We have the Illini guys sports spectacular. That is in the state of Illinois. We've got 20 stations across the state. All you have to do is go to IlliniGuys.com, hit the radio button, find the city that's closest to you figure out if the show is on Friday or Saturday and what time it's on. It's a two hour extravaganza with Larry, Brad, myself, and a cast of thousands talking about Illinois sports. And all we ask is please thank the radio station, give them a call, send them an email. If you listen to the show and you like it, make sure they know about it. And then at the end uh, by noon on Saturday, you can also get the Illinois guys sports spectacular podcast which is just the radio show ready to go uh once it's being been played by all of our stations you can get it as well and get prepared for the weekend we also have big sports radio which is uh our show that goes over the big 10 and the big sporting events of the weekend 
that is one that is also done by noon on Saturday. So you can get that podcast as well. Uh, it has stations uh, carrying it in Illinois, Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio. So it is spread out and it's going to be coming to more stations soon. So that is another one that you can listen to for a little bit bigger focus. It's not quite as lasered in on Illinois sports, but it's fantastic as well. So please, uh, the same rules. If you listen to it on a station, call them up and let them know that you liked it. And if you get the podcast, of course, all of our podcasts, we ask you to give us a five-star rating if you think we've earned it. So with that, I'd like to tell everybody thank you and have a fantastic weekend. Go Illini.